Welcome. You've turned into Rockstar Millennial Spotlight, featuring Katherine Spitznagel, professional coach, speaker, and author of the book, Rockstar Millennials, Developing the Next Generation of Leaders. On this show, we'll feature millennials who represent this high-energy, creative, and entrepreneurial generation, and spotlight Rockstar Millennials who are living their purpose, helping others, and making a difference right where they are. Please join me in welcoming our host, Katherine Spitznagel. Hi, this is Katherine Spitznagel, your host for Rockstar Millennial Podcast. And today we are thrilled to have Miss Lindsay Kerr with us. So, Lindsay, welcome. Thank Glad. you so much for having me, Katherine. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So, I'm Lindsay Kerr, and I'm the executive director of a nonprofit called Lifeline Pilots. And we are a small nonprofit based in Peoria, Illinois, but we serve 10 states in the Midwest. And what we do is we provide free medical and humanitarian flights for people in need. There's never a cost to fly with us. We have almost 300 volunteer pilots located throughout our 10 states. And we fly people who need to get to medical appointments far from home. And I'm just lucky to be the one who gets to be executive director of this amazing organization. And they're lucky to have you. You're just, you're an incredible woman, an incredible leader. Um, I met you through Women in Leadership, and you're the most recent past president there. And um, you just, you do a lot for the community uh, as well as, uh, yeah, the Lifeline Pilots. I love being... I absolutely love being involved in the community and women um, leadership is a huge passion of mine and I'm just lucky to be a part of that organization and um, I've, I've loved being part of it ever since I moved to Peoria. Oh, we're thrilled that you are. <laughs> so tell us, how did you get started? Well, with Lifeline Pilots, I've been the executive director for almost two years now, but I've always worked in the nonprofit sector. You know, when I first got my degree in communications, I wanted to do a job where I felt like I was helping people. And what better way than to serve in the nonprofit sector? And there are so many amazing opportunities. And my, my very first job, um, I had never raised a dollar in my life. And they, they asked me why I thought I could do it. And I said, I'm, I'm good with people. I know yes. people. I can talk to people. I said, so... I think I can be successful. Um, and they gave me a chance and it was an awesome opportunity. And my career has just kind of grown from there. And I've just always been able to help people by, um, by having a job that really makes an impact. And it's been amazing for me to be able to, to help in that role. And I feel like working for Lifeline Pilots, um, the mission is so amazing. You know, we, there's never a cost to fly with us, and the whole mission of the organization is just to help people who who need that little bit of hope, and we're able to give it to them. and And I just love being able to do what I do every day. And you're good at it. And I, tell us how you manage all of those pilots. They're volunteers, and you're the executive director, and so you, you know you're managing the organization. Um, 
But at the end of the day, all of those pilots are volunteers. How do you coordinate all of that and then the families in need? Yeah, you know, we have a great team at Lifeline Pilots. Um, We're a really small organization. So there are only two full-time and two part-time staff members. But we cover an area that has 70 million people in it. Oh, my. And, um, yeah, yeah. And so when you think about it in that respect, you know, it's pretty overwhelming to, one, try and outreach to, to all those 70 million people to let them know about Lifeline Pilots. But then it's also trying to recruit those volunteers who are pilots and who would want to fly for us. The great thing is pilots love to fly. They want to get up in the air and they want to fly. And what better reason than helping people in need at the same time? And, you know, we have a great, um, great database that we use. We've been going for 40 years and we're very lucky to have technology on our side these days. 40 years ago, when our founder started Lifeline Pilot, she didn't have those resources. You know, it was picking up the phone and making a phone call. Whereas now we have an automated email that goes out twice a week with the, with the potential flights that our pilots can take. They, they just press the click of a button in order to accept the flight. And then our mission coordinators go to work in order to um, just make sure that all the communication happens and that they're connecting the passenger in need with the pilot who wants to help fly them. And, you know, it really just takes um, a lot of different, a lot of different hands in it to make it work. But our pilots volunteer, our mission coordinators, they make it happen. And then our passengers are able to get the medical care that they need. How wonderful. And to think that this has been um, operating for 40 years that's incredible to me because, as you say, way before technology and, you know, that's a, a yeoman's job to get all this organized. And it was created by a woman. Tell us a little more yeah. about that. Oh, we have such a fantastic story. So um, Wanda Whitford is the name of our founder, and she lives in Champaign, Illinois. She still sits um, on our board, and she calls into our, our board meetings. Um, Wanda will turn 90 years old this year. <laughs> and the fact that 40 years ago she started Lifeline Pilots is amazing because even today, there are not a lot of female pilots. And right. in fact, 40 years ago, there were even less. But Wanda um, and her husband got their pilot's license. They wanted to find a way to give back to people in need with that pilot's license. And they had heard about a few different individuals um, who were flying people who needed help medically. And they decided that they wanted to do that too. And Wanda really formalized it. Um, There were a lot of individuals or small groups doing this type of thing back in the early 80s. But nobody had really formed a group and and made it um, something that was sustainable. And Wanda did. She's actually a pioneer in the volunteer pilot sector. Lifeline Pilots is the oldest continuously operating volunteer pilot organization in the United States. But the great thing is that now there are organizations like ours throughout the country. So if you need help anywhere in the United States and you need a volunteer pilot organization to help you, you can find one. And we all work together. So if somebody needs help outside of our 10 state region, we partner with another volunteer pilot organization to get them to that help that they need. Incredible. And I think you and I have talked, this is one thing that, that women do so very well. They see a need uh, that's larger than 
their own personal mission and they bring people together. And that's exactly what Wanda did. She saw a need. She saw people that had the skill. She brought people together. And then she's been such an example in this organization's been such an example for others when you look back over 40 years. And they were in their 50s at the time, right? And that was probably yeah. an unusual thing to, to start doing in your 50s. So lots of, yeah, she, lots of credit. She just really wanted, she wanted to be able to give back and it's fantastic legacy that she has left. It's pretty amazing. And I'm just very grateful that I am part of carrying that legacy on. So you've probably already answered this for us, but tell us about your your purpose and how do you live your purpose? You know, I just I I feel like I'm lucky in life. You know, I have I grew up with two parents and a loving family who encouraged education. And what more could you want? you know, than, right. than that. And, um, I just want to make sure that, that everyone has equal opportunity. And since I felt so lucky that I did have that, that stable steady life growing up, um, you know, I want to, I want to use my education and be able to give back to people in need. And that's really my purpose. That, and to set a good example for my kids, you know, I have, um, a nine and almost 13 year old who turns 13 next week. Wow. And I just want them to be able to see the good example that their dad and I set for them in our lives and in our jobs. And just to show them that, you know, it's not always just about making money, but it's about having a purpose in your life, you know, something that you enjoy doing, but that can help others. And if you have the ability to help others, you should. Yes. And if you don't have the ability, then that's fine. At that moment in your time, it, that moment in your life, you know, if you need support and you need help, that you can ask for it as well. Great. And that's a great message for all of us. So tell us, uh, as you're talking about your family and all that you do in the community, as well as being the executive director of this very challenging um, organization, how do you blend all that? <laughs> you laugh. You know, um, yeah. We all laugh. Yeah. You know, in a way, I feel like the pandemic has made it a little bit easier to juggle all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, suddenly we were, we were thrown into this moment in time where everything had to stop and we started working from home more and that became a little bit more of the accepted norm. And I think for working parents, in a way that's helpful because now it's okay for me just to say, okay, two days a week I work from home. Right. And that way, you know, when my kids get off the bus, I'm here instead of them coming home by themselves. And, you know, during the summer now I'm, I'm home two days a week. And even though they're older kids and they manage themselves, just to be able to be present, I think it's really important. And work-life balance to me is incredible incredibly important you know we we don't realize that life is so incredibly short yes and we have to make the most of it and while we need to work you have to have that income you have to have that balance between your work life and your home life and to, to be able to manage it all and so even though now it's blended a little bit more 
because we are working from home. So sometimes work is, you know, nine to nine a.m. to two p.m. and then you pick it up again at seven p.m. Right. and work so, right. so late. Um, you know, that's that's okay because it means in that middle time you have time where you can cook dinner with your family or you can go and watch your kids play sports. And and that's really important. I try to not miss those big moments too often. You know, there's always things that come up that if I can make a baseball game or if I can make, you know, a recital, then I make sure that I do because those are the moments that the kids remember. And just to be able to... Um, when we can, you know, do activities together as a family and and make sure that that we're having those those moments to connect with the kids, um, especially the older that they get. And you know, I think it's also important though that the kids see us giving back to our community. Mm-hmm. You know, through volunteerism um, and making donations. And so sometimes, you know, when when I do miss an important event or I'm not able to get to a game, you know, and I just say, I have to work, you know, this is what I'm doing and, right. and this is why it's important. Um, through Lifeline Pilots, we have great stories that we share about our passengers who were flying. So I try to share those with my kids. You know, I show them the social media posts that we have on Facebook yeah. or on Instagram. Um, we did a, um, a mailing appeal, you know, that went out in the mail and we had like 500 letters and envelopes that needed to be stuffed. So I brought them home and let the kids read the story that we had written, um, and the appeal. And then they helped me stuff the envelope. So, you know, just being able to merge, um, that work with home life and show the kids, you know, the, the reason that I'm sometimes not there. Exactly. And that's really important for, for us, and it helps the kids to really understand the work that I'm doing. Which is incredible. And so great that you bring them in and get them involved. And in a way, they feel like they're making a difference. They are making a difference. They're contributing, too. Um, but I think there is a lot more understanding. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's good. And, you know, during the pandemic, when you couldn't bring volunteers in, I just brought my volunteer work home and had my little volunteers do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. So tell us, what's, uh, what's next, Lindsay? Now, for me, my focus now and in the near future is really just spreading awareness for Lifeline Pilots. It's extremely important to me. We are such a small organization, and like I said, we covered we cover a region of 70 million people mm-hmm. and to really reach that, that population, we would need a multi-million dollar marketing budget. Yes. And we don't have $10,000 a year to spend. <laughs> so really yeah. I mean, I need word of mouth. I need people mm-hmm. following us on social media and sharing our message. I need people talking about lifeline pilots with, with others that they know who might need help because mm-hmm. the more people who know about us, the more people we can help. Right. And, and that's huge. Um, you know, we have a great capacity with our 300 volunteer pilots. And if somebody in need needs help, they can reach out and, and our volunteers will be there to help them. So really for me, what's next is just finding ways to reach people who might need our help and to help lifeline pilots grow because, you know, it, the mission of the organization 
is so sincere mm-hmm. that yes. we just want to help people. So, um, you know, as your your listeners mm-hmm. hear about us, you know, you can go by fundpilots.org, find us on social media, and just help us to share that message and to reach more people who need our help. Wonderful. Yes. And so I hope our listeners will do that today. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. hearing your story you. and and hearing, yeah, that millions of, of folks in your in your area that you service. Can you share, um, maybe at a high level, can you share one success story about one of your oh, one sure. of the folks that um, you've helped? We have so many. Um, let's see, what is one of my favorite ones? So we had um, last June, so almost, well, it was a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a gentleman who was a Vietnam vet and he needed a kidney transplant. And his daughter was going to donate her kidney, his, his adult daughter was going to donate her kidney to her father. And they had to fly from Minnesota to Pittsburgh to the VA hospital. And we kind of work, work like a relay race. So pilot number one will pick the passenger up, fly them 300 miles, meet pilot number two. Then they will take the passenger and fly and meet pilot number three. And then they will take them to their end destination because we're flying in small planes and they only go about 200 to 300 miles at a time. Right. So this was a three leg trip and we had to organize it for the father and his wife to go on one set of planes and pilots and the daughter and her brother to go on another. So it took six flights to get them there. They all arrived. The surgery was a success. They're back, you know, they were back home a month later. And now George and his family have so much more time together because we were able to make it happen. You know, he couldn't drive. It was the middle of the pandemic a year ago. Yeah. And he couldn't fly commercially and they couldn't afford a private plane. So we were their answer. And, you know, we do that every day. And it's just amazing to see how many people we can help. Yeah, what an incredible story. And, um, you know, when you when you think about it, um, I certainly wouldn't think of that took six flights. There are three different legs and three different pilots. and so when you share that, it just, you think, oh my gosh, this is why. This is why we exist, and this is where we make a difference, and you're part of that every day. So thank you for that. Oh, no, happy to, happy to hear about that, and we love what we do. Yes, you do. And it shows. It shows when you talk about it, yeah. So what encouragement do you have, Lindsay, for other millennials? You know, I think it is to find your passion. You, know, you have to go to work your whole adult life, and it's so much better if you find the thing that you're passionate about. And it doesn't have to be, you know, nonprofit. I, I love the nonprofit sector, and I think we have just amazing people who work in this sector throughout our whole region. Um, but find the thing that you enjoy doing and that you're passionate about, and um, just really go out there and make a difference. Um, also, find people who you can help and support along the way. I heard a really interesting quote not that long ago, and it said, um, 
It said, for those who are on stage and those waiting in the wings. And it, it really made me think about, you know, where I was at. Am I on stage or am I waiting in the wings? And I feel like I'm somewhere in between at the moment in my career. And I think what it says is that we have to encourage each other going both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to provide right. mentoring for those who are coming up. But, but the mentoring goes both ways. And so find those people who can support you in your journey, but also support others along the way. Wonderful. I'd say you're on stage, girl. But I know <laughs> you're also very good at, at helping others in the wings. So thank you for that. And thank uh, you. For- I love it. Thank you, Lindsay, for joining us today. We were so thrilled to have you and so happy to share this story of of Lifeline Pilots. It's an incredible mission and ministry, and we thank you. Thank you for being part of it. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been fantastic. Absolutely. And thank you to those who are listening today. Uh, Please continue to join us. Don't miss a podcast. You can find us on rockstarmillennials.com, our website, also iTunes and the YouTube channel. So tune in, join us, and help share this news of this wonderful uh, generation. And Lindsay's a perfect example of that. Talk soon. To share your thoughts about this episode, subscribe to future podcasts, submit a discussion topic, or shine a light on a rock star millennial in your world, contact Catherine Spitznagel at rockstarmillennials.com and click on contact us. Thank you.